I'm Jamie. Yeah, and I think it's now the third day of Hanukkah. I'm a, a terrible Jew, admittedly, um, you know, especially with my Christmas tree. And not to, um, you know, take away from the true meaning of Christmas, um, you know, no disrespect there. I just love decorating. I love the spirit of the holiday. And uh, so, you know, I the, the tree is up and... You know, it's it's here for Eric. It's here for for the appreciation of my my Christian friends. And uh, <laughs> um, the holidays have kind of evolved, right, and yeah. changed a little bit. And you know, it, it's it's a privilege for me to get to celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, growing, having grown up Jewish, and the fact that I, you know, we there aren't a lot of decorations for Hanukkah. You've got a menorah, and it's beautiful, sure, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, trying to adapt and, and mold and really just make sure that, yeah, that we, it's about family and it's about love and it's about kindness and togetherness in my opinion. So, um, that's, that is how I'm rolling with the holidays. I love it, <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah. So how's everything else going? Do you have a good Thanksgiving and all that stuff? Had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I smoked and roasted the turkey. So I, I spatchcocked it and I cut it in half and I did half roasted and half um, on, on the smoker and it was a hit. So great so success. Um, Eric, as you saw, <laughs> made a giant thing of mac and cheese and we are still eating it. Um, and uh, I really don't ever want to eat anything else. It's the most delicious thing on the planet. So <laughs> RIP my body. Um, <laughs> How was yours? It, so much. it was good. Um, you know, family time is always good. And actually being able to visit people this year was was good. And um, of course, being safe and all that. But that was special. Had a really relaxing holiday weekend. Um, had about five days off between Wednesday and Sunday. So couldn't oh, have asked for best. couldn't have asked for more relaxing time spending it with people I really care about having a good time. So love yeah. to hear it yeah. hope everybody oh. out there listening had a great thanksgiving as well i know that the holidays are a tough time sometimes for people um you know and my advice there is do what makes you happy and um everything else will follow um you know like i said it's, it can be tough and you got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first yeah Totally agree. So let's talk about today's guest. Yes, I am so excited about today's guest. Um, we are going to be talking about a topic that we have not touched on before. Um, but I, I met her on TikTok. Uh, she has a very viral video with one of one of the kittens um, that she uh, fosters. And um, it was adorable and hilarious. Um, basically just that kitten just put itself in the food dish <laughs> and came out covered <laughs> in food, um, you know, really living its, its best life. Um, but, you know, 
as I explored, I, I started to learn more um, about um, about Liv, uh, uh, House of Six Cats, the human behind House of Six Cats. And, um, you know, in in what she does, there's a lot of grief. Um, we, we have not touched on pet pet loss yet, but I know that a lot of our listeners are, this is really going to resonate. Um, Corey mentioned a friend who said, you know, this is going to be the toughest episode yet. I like, I like animals more than people. Um, and I know that sentiment is probably echoed with a lot of others. So, um, you know, I would love to welcome to the podcast, Liv. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Corey. I'm happy to be here. It's <laughs> such a pleasure to have you with us today. Yeah. So I guess we can start with, you know, tell us a little bit about how you started fostering and is that even the right word um yeah. <laughs> like give me a little bit of background I'm like I'm like I have never fostered I am a you know um uh, adopted pet cat home to adopted cat home and so um you know of course your account immediately appealed to me but um tell us a little bit about about your your what you do and how you got started so back in um, 2018, I just felt like I had a lot of extra time on my hands and I wanted to do something that wasn't just watch Netflix or Hulu. So I started to kind of look up places that you know needed volunteers in my town. And I found uh, my local Humane Society had a volunteer program where you could come in and you know cuddle the cats, walk the dogs. And I was like, that sounds perfect, it's easy. And I could do it after work or on my lunch hour. So I signed up um, for like a volunteer training and went in and they just kind of showed you around, showed you how to handle the dogs. Um, not much behind cuddling cats. That's it's pretty self-explanatory. But uh, and so that was in, I think, November of 2018. And um, then in December, they were doing this program where you could break a dog out of the shelter for Christmas um, and sort of foster for a couple days so it kind of like has you know a little home for Christmas um, and I was so excited for that so I signed up immediately because um, at this point I just had my dog Marvin he's an English bulldog um, so he's pretty much just a loaf he doesn't do a lot and he gets along with every other animal he's ever met so there was no concern of bringing you know a dog here so um, I fostered a dog over Christmas and I had her for about three days and then uh, she went back and I was like, that was so awesome. I'm like, you know, I live alone. Um, I have my own house and I have all this space. I, I could probably foster more. And so um, I asked them about it and it started with puppies. And so I got on the foster puppy list and wow. I did puppies for a while, which now I look back and that was crazy. Puppies come with a lot of poop, a lot of mess. Um, much more than I feel like kittens, but I did puppies for a few months and it was fun because puppies, I mean, everybody loves puppies and it's generally just like three days to like a week, um, you know, if, if they need medication or if they're maybe not ready for surgery yet and they just need somewhere to go um, that's not the, the shelter to be in foster. And so it was always just a really short run with puppies and then you got to send them back and then you got to bring home more. And so um, I really did enjoy that. And then one day I took, I was taking one puppy I had back and I walked in and they had maybe like six kittens at the front desk. They were really tiny. And at this point I knew nothing about kittens. I didn't really even like cats. I had a cat growing up. 
and she was really fat and that's all that I remember <laughs> and so they were like hey do you want to foster kittens and I was like uh I'm like maybe I'm like what do you you know what what's the deal and they're like well they have to be bottle fed every two hours and they can't go potty on their own so you have to stimulate their little bottoms and I'm like okay I'm like that sounds like a lot but okay let's do it <laughs> so um they're like okay here's your like, year two and so they sent me home with two kittens um you know some bottles and some formula and things and we're like here you go and so uh from then I guess that's pretty much how it started with the kittens um I stopped really doing puppies after I realized how awesome kittens were no offense to all the puppies in the world but <laughs> uh they are bigger and they poop on the floor um whereas kittens can be sort of contained in a carrier so um yeah that was in March of 2019 when I got my first two bottle babies Wow. So you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Yes. <laughs> Which must have been really fascinating for you during COVID. Yeah. So 2019, um, it was all still normal and I actually still worked in the office. So I couldn't take on a lot of kittens because I did have to work in an office and I couldn't take the kittens there because they were extremely loud. So um I'm so blessed to have a boss who was flexible with, you know, my schedule of wanting to save kittens, but also, you know, doing my day job. And so she would let me, you know, sort of split my lunch break up so I could come home twice during the day, feed kittens and then go back to work. And so that was really nice. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so then 2020 hit and I was sent home um, to work from home during COVID and it was supposed to be temporary which turned permanent. So I'm permanently working from home. And so, um, you know, in 2019, I, I had 25 kitten foster, you know, foster kittens. And then 2020, I was able to take in double that amount. So around 50, um, just due to the fact that I was home 24 seven, you know, ultimately with COVID and I could work at my desk and feed kittens at my desk. And yeah, I was, um, that was the one positive thing that came out of, you know, the horrible year that was 2020 was, um, I had kittens all the time. <laughs> So how many kittens do you have at any given time? You know, it, it does vary how many kittens um, I have. Right now I have four sort of bigger kittens that just roam the house with my bigger cats. And then I have three bottle babies. Um, so I try and keep, you know, the bottle baby litters at, at one because there's, there's my lack of sleep is they usually eat between two to four hours. So I do have to set an alarm in the middle of the night. Um, but I have had, you know, five bottle babies at once. Um, and then earlier this year, I had a lot of fosters because I was dealing with ringworm, which was a complete disaster. But um, yeah, it does vary just depending on like what the need is. Um, there's a lot of fosters, but kitten season is very unpredictable. <laughs> well, and there's one thing too, like with, with pets, um, I mean, we can... I, as humans, we somehow form attachments with animals much easier than people sometimes. And uh, so I know for you, like, you bring this cat into your life and you're taking care of it, you're nurturing it, you know, you're, you're, it's depending on you for so many things. And then at some point you have to say goodbye to that cat. And that's got to be a really big, like, I, I feel whether you foster animals or humans for that matter, I feel like, you know, there's such an emo emotional output but you have to kind of know when to stop to, to, you know, to let, let things 
you know, because you know it's not going to be forever. But there's still a grief process because you're letting go of something you've given your time, your energy, and a little bit of your heart to. So what what's that like for you when you have to say goodbye to a pet? Yeah, I'm so glad you guys brought this up because, you know, when I was sort of taking notes and, and thinking about what we were going to talk about, it was, I was focused on the loss part of it, which I think that's always in the front of my mind because I just dealt with two, you know, within the last month. And so, um, you know, the the part of fostering where you do have to say goodbye. And, and that's always what I tell people, especially on, you know, my social media platforms is, um, you know, cause they want me to keep all the foster kittens. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, goodbye is the goal, um, you know, for kittens, I'm just like a crossing guard trying to get them from point A to point B. And so like, we're taking the kids to school and I need to drop them off. And, and so when I first started fostering, um, I am a very emotional person to begin with. Like I will cry. I cried preparing for this, just taking notes. I'm like, this is going to be a mess because I'm already crying. Um, <laughs> and so when I, my first two grew up, um, I actually, I did keep one of them. His name is Tuna and he was my first cat, but I said goodbye to the other one. And I cried for probably two weeks every single day because <laughs> you, you do spend so much time and, um, you know, and just the, the lack of sleep and you put so much energy into this to say bye that it was really hard. Um, I would say the first year and a half saying goodbye every time was a whole process in itself. Um, but I always just try and, you know, remember that I saved this kitten. So, you know, they could be someone else's best friend and, you know, they could get adopted. So now it's so much easier. Um, and it, it does depend sometimes on the bond. I will still cry, but other times <laughs> you're I'm entitled. Like, <laughs> other times you, you um, their mommy. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, they, they do get to the point where they're old enough and you're like, you're on your own now, like go on your way. Cause I do take my kittens back to, um, the humane society so that the public can see them because they, they get adopted easier that way than just on my social media. So oh, that's it awesome. has gotten easier, but, um, you know, and I always remember every single one of them, like there is that, that grief of letting them go and sort of, I'm like, your house is empty at, at some point. Um, I do get worried at the end of the year when kitten season sort of dies down that at some point, it's just going to be me, my eight cats and my dog, and there's going to be no kittens. And uh, it makes me sad. And it, I usually have like a week or two breaks. So it's never like a ridiculous amount of time without kittens. Um, you got to so get I, some sleep. Yeah, I know. I, it's, I just didn't have bottle babies like not too long ago. And I was like, I have so much more time. And then the next day I get a call about bottle babies. And I'm like, I shouldn't do that because then I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the saying goodbye to them, it, it definitely is still hard. Um, I had to, and especially when I get them really young, um, I got Wendy and Jack. I just took them back uh, two weeks ago and I got them when they were just like a week old. And so, you know, when they don't have eyeballs yet and they they don't even know what the world is and you raise them and see these, you know, beautiful kittens, that's when it's really hard. Um, Cause they were just your little, your little beans and um, <laughs> literal <but> beans, literal <laughs> beans. <laughs> But I do get excited when they get adopted and um, I try and get, you know, information on the adopters or sometimes they get adopted through my TikTok and I've made, um, I think like three or more friends from TikTok who've adopted my kittens and mm. we Snapchat every day and I get to see those kittens every single day, which is awesome. 
Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like, you know, do you stay in touch with some of these kittens? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I know. I wish I could ask for people's social media during the adoptions, but I think that would come off a little crazy. Uh, (laughs) But I I convinced my mom to adopt two of my foster kittens this year. So I get to see them all the time. But it is really awesome when I get to, you know, watch them grow up um, in other people's homes and, of course, make that friendship with those people, too. It's really fun. Yeah. I love it. It's really awesome. So, you know, you touched on it, um, but let's talk a little bit about some some of the kittens that don't make it um, and, and kind of what, what happens there. Yeah. Um, so it's so crazy, like, to think about the loss I've gone through in the last three years because I look back at that day when I took those two kittens in. I don't think it's something that I even thought of. Um, like you always know that there's sadness when it is an animal rescue, but you know, I work in finance. I, you know, I I was just a person (laughs) who took these kittens in and and you don't think too much into it. Um, and so later in 2019, um, I took in a litter of four kittens and one of them's name was Maple. And I noticed that she couldn't control her bladder. She was just Mm -hmm. peeing whether I was doing anything or not. And so I took her into the Humane Society and it turned out like the surgery they would have to do for her. um, It was just going to be too much for how small she is. And so she was euthanized. Um, And so I held her like, as she, I'm going to cry already. And this was two years ago, three years ago. It's still, it happened and it's valid. Um, And so that was my first loss, you know, holding that kitten as it passed away. And I was a mess. I mean, um, I was like, I didn't realize it could be this sad. And so that was, um, that was in September. And then it wasn't too long after that, uh, I got brought in a kitten I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, no, but it's totally okay. I am cheering on myself. It's probably because I, I thought about this all day too. And so I'm just like, con- I was thinking of sad <laughs> sitting, all day. Sitting, <laughs> sitting with it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and so I took in this kitten that was abandoned um, by its mom in a garage. It was covered in bat poop. And um, oh so he was all by himself. And usually when mama mama cats abandon their kittens a lot of times there's something wrong with them that maybe we can't see um but you know at the end of the day I wasn't gonna not try um and I mean he was like three ounces he was so small he was less than you know the size of my hand I don't know if I'd ever even seen an animal that small yeah I was gonna say it's a miracle anybody even found him yeah and so I named him harvest moon and this kitten fought like crazy um, but, and this is a, another hard part. It's like, when do you make that decision to, you know, let them fight or, you know, have them use the knife because they're not going to make it. And so, um, I took him to the vet and I was like, you know, I just want him to be, I don't want him to suffer anymore. And... <laughs> This kitten was so small. They had to do like two injections. He would like not give up. And I was like, 
this is breaking my heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I just think it to be okay. And yeah. So it was kind of like funny at the end. I'm like, little guys trying so hard. <laughs> um, it's a very noble decision. I hope you know that. It is. Yeah, that was, that was really hard. Um, and so 2019, I had 25 fosters and it's crazy to think back, but I just had those two losses. And I think it's because this year I've had so many. Um, but then in 2020, I also had so many fosters that year, but in October, um, like I took in these kittens who were found in a water puddle and they got really cold. And, you know, soon after they got pneumonia and that's so hard to come back from, um, you know, when they're that small. And so one of them did pass, his name is Jason. And that was my first loss where they pass on their own. And um, it's, it's just really hard. Cause like, sorry. <laughs> no, totally okay. <laughs> I just remember I put him in his carrier with a heating pad and I went and I walked my dog and I came back and he was gone mm. so he was ready but it you know it doesn't make it any easier yeah and then um okay I need to pull it together because this next one's real sad uh. <laughs> so um while I started you know feeding all these kids kittens in my house cats started to show up on my porch for food and so I was feeding all these outdoor cats too it was yeah they just must have known that it was time to to show up for food and that's um, wild yeah so I had these two cats outside um one was George who is now my inside cat and then um this orange cat named baby George showed up and he was super <laughs> feral and I named him baby George because he was orange, like big George. And I didn't think he'd stick around because he was super feral, but he did. Um, and so that was in like August, I think he showed up. And then in October on Halloween, I got a call at 2 a.m. that he was hit by a car. Mm. And um, this was like one of the times where I like didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> because I had other fosters in my house and I just like I didn't want to take care of anyone I was like this is too hard um and my neighbor like found him and brought him out of the road and so I went and got him and all I remember is like sitting on the floor just crying and of course it's like 2 a.m no one's awake <laughs> so I just had to sit there with him until like someone woke up to talk to me but like I had to keep going like for the other fosters. I think I had five other foster kittens and three were on the bottle. And I'm like, these kittens need fed. Like I might be broken, but you know, this is, this is what I do. And so they really kept me going. Uh, after that. Um, and then in December that year, I lost one more foster and that one was hard. Cause it was like the end of the year. Like you think you're you're almost to 2021 like you're over the loss and then I woke up one morning and he was just like almost gone and I'm like you have to be kidding me like you know it's almost just like come on um and so that was Jughead that I lost um at the end of 2020 and so that year overall was just you know a disaster um and then 2021 started and I got mama soup 
which if you saw on TikTok, that is what started the TikTok as Mama Soup. And um, I was really excited because I had had like, I had had quite a bit of time because um, I was taking care of these older kittens who were sick and socializing older kittens. So I hadn't had, you know, tiny ones in a while. So I was really excited. My foster room was like up and ready to go. And um, I took in Mama Soup and she had her kittens like a month later in March. And a few days after I found out that these other two kittens um, had been born, but their mom died while giving birth to the third. And um, they wanted to know if Mama Soup would take them in um, as her own. And I said, well, we can sure try. Um, so she immediately took them in, uh, fed them, was caring for them. And they became part of the little soup group. And um, I went to go check on them. And uh, I noticed that the little one named Miso, um, I could just tell. I mean, once you've seen them, you know, kind of crash, it, it's, you can tell. And um, so I immediately, like, I just got blankets and a heating pad. And I was like, okay, like, we're just kind of going to sit here and, and while she passes, because there's, she just wasn't going to make it. And this one was really hard, I think, because it's the first loss of the year. And also because now my TikTok account was so big, I'm going to have to break thousands of other people's hearts along with mine. And, you know, I, I don't feel like I have any sort of, I don't even know what the words are. I don't owe anyone anything, but people were so nice. And like, they sent donations and oh. they're so invested, uh, in, you know, in the journey too. Yeah. Yeah. They were so invested in like, they loved them all. And so that was really hard just having to like tell people that that happened, you know, while dealing Aww. with my own well, grief. And <clears throat> Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a break here just to like, so you can recoup. But um, I was watching a TikTok a couple of weeks ago and I don't know if you saw it, Jamie, but um, these uh, these um, equine uh, doctors found this horse in the shed and like his, his hooves were like so long, they were like curved. And like he walked almost like, like almost like on like ram's horns, like that's how they were bent. And they, um, they took him and they took care of him and his hair was all matted and just really malnourished and they took care of him and there's like five, six part journey of it on TikTok and eventually it ended with um, the horse being able to go to a farm and um, they said, you know, well, he, he passed away, but he passed away in the field being free, you know, and like, oh. if you like, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not afraid to cry and I do on this podcast, not really, really, but I was like in tears by the end of that journey. And I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. it's shocking. And, you know, it's not something that, that I'm sure, you know, well, you, you didn't know to expect it doesn't sound yeah. like it was something that the possibility of that uh, had been discussed with you <laughs> at the beginning of fostering, um, you know, and so, um, yeah, I imagine it comes as a, as quite a shock to, to people who are just, you know, following your account because there's cute kittens and there is this other side of it of, you know, sometimes they, they don't make it. But I also, you know, wonder, have you received a lot of support when this happens? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I mean, people, you know, they cry with me and they, the comments are always, you know, just so nice. And when Miso passed, because that was when it was all like, 
you know, coming up, people were sending me things like fuzzy socks, like just things in memory of Miso. And like, it was so nice. Of course, I was crying every day because it was just so nice of everyone. And, you know, for them to do that for a kitten that they've never met or a person that they've never met, you know, um, was just amazing. The TikTok community has been amazing through all of this. I love to hear that. I mean, what you're doing is so truly incredible and the fact that you're putting yourself out there your home your sleep your e emotions your love is truly a beautiful thing and these kittens are are so lucky and you know the tiktok community is very lucky to have you and that you you take the time to share because you know, you have enough on your plate with all of those kittens and your job. Um, and, you know, of course, being you. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for what you do. It is really, really incredible. It seems um, almost like they should have like an emotional training component too, I think with, because obviously you can know how to take care of a pet or a small animal, but it's like, you know, it's almost like they need to have like, yeah, like an emotional, like here's, you know, like a emotional resource where you can, you know, understand like what, you know, uh, the feelings you might have or what might happen, but I'm sure you're aware of that too and everything. Yeah. Amy, were you going to say something? Sorry. Um, I was just going to ask if like you have had, um, you know, if you have any resources that you could suggest or if you, you know, have created anything yourself. Um, just curious if, if, you know, in this journey, you've, you've come across ways yeah. of coping. I'm glad you asked. Cause I took notes on this. <laughs> Great. Uh. <laughs> Because I was just trying to think, you know, throughout this journey, and I think a lot of it is learning how to care for yourself so that you can care for them. Um, I have Kitten Lady's book. Um, so Kitten Lady, Hannah Shaw, she, I mean, I credit her for her YouTube videos, her book, um, for everything that I could have ever learned about kittens. She has done it all, um, which is nice because I don't have to do the YouTube thing. I can just Google Kitten Lady. Um, but that's that. one big resource is Hannah Shaw Kitten Lady. She's, you know, really big on Instagram and, and does amazing things. Um, Kitten Lady has this analogy in her book that it kind of says, um, you know, if, if there were kittens that needed saved and they needed to be driven somewhere on a hot day, what kind of car would you want them to be in? You know, a car with full tank of gas and working air conditioning or a car that hasn't had an oil change in five years and is overheating and you kind of think about that car as, you know, I'm the car. Um, I need my, you know, tank of gas full um, or else I can't take care of, of anyone else. But I have a hard time saying no. Um, when I am asked to take in kittens, I think maybe I said no once in the past three years. Um, and a lot of it is I have so many resources here. I have an incubator for, you know, really small kittens to keep them warm and I have all these resources that it's so hard to say no, even if I'm not in the best place mentally. And that's still something I'm, I'm working on. Um, and one big thing Kitten Lady talks about um, that I'd never heard of before is compassion fatigue. Um, and it's sort of like a secondary form of PTSD where we absorb the trauma and it becomes our own. Um, and she talks about it. You know, it can make you feel angry and depressed and anxious and just physically exhausted. Um, and I felt all of those things. And, you know, before I, I knew about it, I was like, is this how I'm going to feel all the time? Um, you know, just sort of numb and short tempered that 
all the loss can just sort of consume you. Um, and the worst part is you start to doubt yourself and your abilities. And you say, you know, what if, what if that kitten would have gone somewhere else? What if I would have done this different? You know, could they have made it? Um, and that's just something that you really have to avoid because um, it can, you know, send you down into this, you know, spiral. So um, I've definitely just learned to, you know, take care of myself better. I focus a lot on my mental health and I, I try and work out every day. I try and walk my dog every day. Um, it's big to like have hobbies outside of animal care, which is hard because I'm home all day with the kittens. But I do try and like watch movies and eat my favorite foods, like, and just try and have a moment. Even this, like my door shut, all the cats are out there. It's so nice. <laughs> um, yes. Um, but then there's, you know, I think just the, the part of the loss and the grieving is what people don't, um, you know, on my social media, I just don't think they have a full grasp because they're not in it, um, you know, of, of the toll it does take. But I, I try and be gentle with myself and sort of listen to my heart and what it needs to process in that moment. Um, I've, if, I always tell people that I give myself 24 hours to just be a complete mess. Like I will cry, I will just lay there like a blob while still caring for everyone. But it's like, I'm gonna be sad, I'm gonna be angry. Um, and like, this is what we're gonna do for 24 hours. But then after that, like we have to move on. We can still be sad, but we can't sit with it for too long or else we're gonna get stuck there. Um, and we're not gonna move forward with that. Um, um, yeah, and just, you know, being able to breathe and, and say goodbye is the hardest part. Um, the biggest thing I think I've learned through fostering, you know, and through this loss is that time doesn't stop for grief. Um, you know, like things still need to be done. Um, there's something so overwhelming about holding a kitten when it passes and like it takes its last breath. And um, just being that last thing that that kitten knows on earth and then having to just go back to life is so hard. Um, when Quinn passed, I had to use my lunch break and then I had to go back to work and like, I don't think a lot of people understand how hard that can be, but, um, it's never stopped me from wanting to take on more kittens. Um, I lost Delilah about a month ago and three days later is when I took in Quinn. And so it's never deterred me from continuing what I do. Um, no matter how sad it might be, but um, that's just the biggest thing. It's like time doesn't stop. It doesn't stop for anybody. Um, you know, litter boxes still need to clean. The dog still needs to poop. It's like stuff still needs to get done, but there is that time when you have to grieve because um, I think it's important, you know, for the memory of the kitten because um, that's my biggest thing too is I always want to remember the kitten. I want it to be remembered. Um, and I want to learn something too from the loss. Um, every time I, you know, I think about what I could have done differently, is there, um, you know, something I could have had on hand that maybe I can get donations for in that kitten's honor to sort of prepare. And that's when I got my incubator this year. Uh, I was donated like $2,000 to the incubator. And so now kittens can come in from, you know, a day old to three weeks. And the incubator keeps them at like, you know, 86 degrees and it keeps them perfectly at the temperature where, you know, they can survive. And it's been amazing, you know, to be able to do that with 
the platform that I have now. Um, and then just to be able to like, all my foster kittens are cremated. And I think that's really special to, um, to have them cremated and I get each of them their own special urn. Um, a lot of, you know, the, the people I work with do this differently, but I want them to have their own special little, you know, place. And I keep them all in my foster room because um, I just think that's a happy, you know, place of healing and um, just a nice place to be. And so I think that's, that's just really nice to honor them. And wow. Wow. I, I, I'm blown away, honestly, um, by just the totality of what you do, if that makes sense. Um, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing you were doing. And then to take it to that next level with your losses and to push through those losses, you know, I love to hear that you take your time and you do grieve. Um, something I've learned from this podcast and my own grieving is that like moving forward with my grief, um, you know, like if anybody gets anything out of this podcast, I hope they heard what you said of like, let yourself be sad when you need to and then pick yourself up. But that you got to let yourself. Um, and, you know, sometimes yeah. like with work, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck. But I will say that if I had let myself grieve a lot more with my losses, I'd be a lot in a lot better shape now. And now I'm re-breaking those things to, to get back to them. So, you know, I'm really glad that you, you brought that up, but I just, I love the way you're honoring these babies. It's beautiful. It is, it is a hard, hard thing to, that you're doing. And this, the way you're doing it is so inspiring. Um, so I'm so happy to, to have you here to share it. Um, so as you know, one of the things that we ask on the podcast, when we wrap up an episode is, for you to complete this uh, phrase, it can be one word, it can be a sentence, it can be whatever comes to the top of your head, but how would you complete the statement grief is? So I think, you know, where I'm at in, um, you know, saving kittens is grief is part of the process. Um, you know, it can't be avoided when working in animal rescue and it doesn't get any easier but it doesn't have to stop you or it doesn't make me want to give up on saving more tiny lives because at the end of the day, like that's what it's all about. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Uh, this is such a, a special, special topic. Um, and I, I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to come on and share this with our listeners. Cause I think that, um, you know, as I said earlier, people can relate to this so, so much, um, but your unique perspective of fostering, I mean, I think you're probably going to inspire somebody to maybe start doing the same. So, you know, exactly like the, the goal is to get them to a happy home and you're doing just that. So, you know, really kudos to you. And um, it's been such a pleasure. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody who has been listening. Um, we really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. 